Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Manifest Daily. I'm your host, Deandra Nicolette. For years, I played the role of the girl, the woman, the person that I was told I should be, until I decided to wake up, step into my power as a co-creator of my reality, and own the fact that I am an infinite, energetic being living in a human form on this earth. In each episode, I share personal stories, wisdom, and insight related to manifestation, co-creation, the Akashic Records, spiritual laws, and so much more. I'll chat with powerful thought leaders that I feel called to invite on the show and share their energy and words with you so that you can take the truths that feel aligned with you. I've spent so much time trying to do things the way that I felt I should have, but girl, (laughs) I am done with that. It's time to return to the person my soul chose to be, and honestly, it's time for you to do the same. Hi, my love. So I am so excited for this conversation. Today, I'm chatting with Jenna Black, the Abundance Queen. I am so excited. Jenna is someone that I have loved her work for a really long time. And I just want to dive into this conversation before we, I don't want to go on a whole spiel, <laughs> but I'm going to have Jenna go ahead and tell us a bit about herself and what she does in her business and also who she serves. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, Deandra. I'm so excited and I love your podcast and what you're all about. So awesome that we can connect yeah so thank you for having me so a little bit about me I am Jenna Black I am the abundance queen known as the abundance queen and that's because I work with visionary and spiritual women in business purpose-driven women women that are here to change the world through their unique gifts and I help them to create abundance on every level so I do that through helping them to master their money mindset to manifest their vision and to really create an energy of abundance in their life not just financially but so they can feel abundant spiritually physically energetically and emotionally as well so I'm all about that holistic approach <laughs> I love that. And one of the things I really love about your work is the fact that you focus in on abundance because I think there is this sort of misconception, right, about money being, and, and it even goes back to that whole money belief of like money being like the root of all evil. And so some people, when they think of spirituality, when they think of being a very spiritual and connected individual, they don't necessarily think about money um, being in that same realm. So I love that you're connecting the two and being like, yes, we're mm-hmm. spiritual, but we also are here for our abundance and we are getting our money we get to be spiritual. We also get to be wealthy at the same time. And there's nothing bad about that. It's actually a beautiful thing. So very passionate about that. (laughs) 
Exactly. I would love to learn a little bit more about your history and how you got started in this work. Can you give us sort of like a rundown on what kind of pushed you towards this journey of becoming the Abundance Queen? Yeah, well, it's been a long journey. (laughs) It's been an interesting journey. Um, So my first business I started six years ago and I started my first business as a health coach. And previous to that, I was working in the fashion industry and working in digital marketing and social media strategy and e-commerce for a fashion brand. And from that space became quite unwell, like physically unwell. I had a lot of issues in my body and just feeling very disconnected from my soul, from my intuition. I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, And then I discovered health coaching through that because I started to go on my own wellness journey and started to heal my body and started to tap into my intuition. And from there, I started my health coaching business. Um, And quickly, it was almost like within the first two months of having my business. And, you know, I quit my job and I was like, yes, let's do this. And it was like within the first two months that I realized, wow, I have some money stuff going on and I am struggling to make money. And I wasn't quite sure why. And I kept thinking, okay, well, maybe I need to learn a different strategy or maybe I need to hire a coach or Maybe I need to, you know, change my Instagram feed or whatever it might be. And the more I looked outside of myself, the more I kept coming up against scarcity and fear and money struggles. It was in that journey that I realized that I had to stop looking outside and start looking within me and start looking in my own conditioning. And I discovered the term money mindset. And I was like, wow, what is this? This is like how brand new it was to me back then. And so I just went on this own, like my own self exploration journey, really, in healing some of my biggest limiting beliefs around money, but not just around my money, around my worth, around my identity, and around who I am. And it was, you know, as you know, DeAndre, like once you start doing this work, it's like, wow, okay, <laughs> there are so many layers. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And so much can come through, right? And so I just started doing the work and I started focusing on me and on my mindset and who I wanted to be and why I was thinking a certain way and what limiting beliefs were coming through and where I picked it up from. And I started to heal and release and heal and release and step into and embody the version of me who I am today. And I know I'm always, you know, evolving and growing, but I think the biggest part of my journey was really going through my own money struggles and overcoming those struggles through this work that I now do today. And I remember at the time, as I started to receive more and as I started to build my confidence and my self-worth back up, I realized like, I have to teach other women this. Like there, there was just something in my soul that was like, this is part of your path. The reason why you've gone through this is to then help others. Even back then I was like, well, who am I to teach on money mindset? Who am I to teach on abundance when it's so new to me? But I just trusted, I really trusted my intuition and I trusted where I was guided to go. And since that decision, it's just been, I mean, it's been amazing. It's definitely had its challenges. It's definitely, I've definitely had moments of fear and self-doubt and all of that come through, but I've continued to stay on that course and continue to trust where my intuition is guiding me. And now it's just incredible the business that I've been able to build to help other women overcome their money blocks and overcome their limiting beliefs and build their self-worth and really step into the life they desire. So I'm really grateful that I decided to trust. (laughs) I think that's the key theme of my whole journey. 
Yeah, I think that's a key thing that shows up for a lot of us, right, is when we're kind of at this pivotal point where we can either stay in this comfort zone where we know what we've been experiencing or we can sort of trust and step into something new, Um, Mm -hmm. especially when you're going into money mindset and things like removing blocks and things like really getting to know yourself. Like a lot of stuff comes up that makes you really uncomfortable that you have Mm -hmm. to address in order to get to that place that you want to be, especially if we're talking about more abundance, uh, recognition of our self-worth that you mentioned earlier as well and just sort of creating this magical life that we envision for ourselves one of the things that you talked about you share on your site and you also kind of talk about um in your journey is this moment where you were able to decide that you were no longer available from money blocks and i would love if you could sort of share a bit of that story with us today and also just tell us a little bit about what that decision looked like when you basically said i'm no longer here for these money blocks i'm no longer here for not having enough and how you were able to go from like that mindset to the mindset you shifted into kind of not instantly but like what did that process look like Mm. yeah yeah I mean I think for me it was like consistently experiencing these blocks and just getting to the point of frustration you know I think in the spiritual world in particular in the manifestation world just to go on a side note a lot of what we get taught is to like think positively only and to not feel into any negative emotion but actually in my journey I know that in negative emotion, even though I don't like to label it negative or positive, but just that emotion of frustration and like being stagnant with these money blocks, I was, that was like the catalyst for me to move forward because I think I was just at that rock bottom moment of being done (laughs) with experiencing it. There were actually a couple of moments, I guess, in my journey that stand out, but there's two in particular. One, I remember being at the train station one day and I'd gone away for a mastermind retreat with some business friends. And I remember we were just, you know, on the outside, I was like, yeah, my business is going great. It's fine. And I wasn't able to tell them the reality was that I had no money. I was barely attracting any clients. And I was really in a lot of fear and scarcity. Mm. And I was coming back from that mastermind weekend and I went to get the train back home and I went to tap my card and and had like 10 cents in my account. And I was just like at the train station, just that was like my moment where I was like, I am not going back here. (laughs) Like I am never coming back to this space. Mm -hmm. And so although it felt you know, crappy at the time, it was that catalyst for me to say, you know what, enough is enough. And in addition to that, there was also, I can't remember which order these two came in, but this was in the period of a few months. And I experienced a couple of times. I was like, no, no, this is the, this is the moment, right? I was living at my parents' house as well, because like we'd had to move back home and just to get my business back going and, you know, really facing some of that stuff early as a business can be quite challenging and vulnerable to say, you know, it's not working out right now and I'm, I'm not okay. Um, and I remember having a day where it was just, it was just one of those days that where things weren't going well and I had a bad client comment or something had triggered me. And I remember I was at my parents' house and they're on, they live on, um, acreage here in Sydney in Australia and they've got beautiful bushland in their backyard. And so I walked down into the bush and I was like fiery and like frustrated. And I just remember standing down in the bush, like by myself, just screaming out, like, I take my power back. I take my power back. I take my power back. Cause I was so done. with these blocks, with these fears, with this feeling. And it was like after that train station experience and then this, I was just like, you know what, this, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I really like, I I want people listening to know that sometimes that 
anger or frustration is actually a really good thing because you can move with that emotion to the point of being like, okay, now, now it's done. You know, this is my rock bottom. Okay. But I'm here for a reason. And the only way is up now. After that, (laughs) after those few experiences of just deciding I wasn't available anymore. And I love that language. Like I'm just not available for this anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, after that, it was then saying, okay, well, if I'm not available, what do I choose instead? And who do I choose to be? And if I could reinvent myself, even not even reinventing myself, but just coming back home to who I really am, like underneath the fear, underneath the conditioning, underneath those feelings of self-worth or those labels or whatever, if I just shed that baggage, who am I really in that space? I think, you know, we can realize when we're in that connection to our soul and our higher self that we are limitless and infinite and worthy and abundant. And that is who we are. Once you know that, I think you can't unknow it, right? It's kind of like, okay, I, I know this now deeply. Yeah. Everything from there shifted because I then thought differently, took different action. And of course there were still challenges along the way that, you know, there's always growth and involvement, but I do remember those experiences being that last moment, those last moments of being at rock bottom. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I literally had chills a few times as you were sharing that story. I think mainly because I, I I think when you have people People like like yourself who are just so abundant, right. And have created this beautiful life. And there could be someone who's following you or watching your story who is, at, at basically an opposite place in their life where they feel like they're experiencing a rock bottom. It's so important to hear these stories of those moments that you experienced where you went through that, right? And yeah. you went through that and not only did you come out on the other end, but you going through that was the catalyst to you being able to come out through the other end. Um, yeah. So I love that. And I think that's definitely a theme that we hear all the time, right? Is like people going through this, this rock bottom in their life, whether it's, you know, a death in the family or um, an end to the career that they thought they would have forever or whatever it may be, maybe it's an end to a relationship or something and experiencing this thing where it's just so heartbreaking to them that it pushes them Mm -hmm. to say, I choose something else because I am no longer available for the pain that this is causing. Like I'm Mm -hmm. no longer there for it. And I love that so much. It's, gives me chills. (laughs) I know, me too. Inspirational overall, right? So I would yeah. love to dive into um, just more of those abundance blocks, right? So what are some of these common abundance blocks that you see people, whether, you know, that may be clients that you work with or just people in your life around you, friends, family, even strangers on the internet. What are some of those common blocks that you see people struggling with when it comes to money? And then what are the steps that you would advise these people to take in order to move past those blocks or remove those blocks? Yeah, I love this question. So, I mean, I I work with women every day around this. So there are some common themes and I I think that'd be great to touch on because they're most likely going to resonate with people listening in some way. Probably the most common one I see is that if I make more money, it means I have to work harder. With that comes some sort of sacrifice. So the thing with manifestation and I know you're all about this so you'll you'll jam with this but (laughs) the thing with manifestation I really believe that we won't receive something and manifest it in like if it doesn't feel safe for us or if we don't feel we can maintain it if we feel like okay I want more money but if I receive that money I believe somewhere in my subconscious or my conditioning that that means I'm gonna have to work harder that I'm gonna have to sacrifice my health 
that I won't be able to manage my money, that I won't be able to maintain it. Like I might lose it all, spend it silly in a silly way, whatever it might be, right? That is that resistance that we have to receiving. And so the biggest one I see is that, that idea or that belief that more money equals working harder. And that was definitely my story. And it still comes up sometimes. And I'm like, oh, hello, you. Like, <laughs> time to unpack you a little bit deeper because I think so many of us are taught the standard way of creating wealth and creating success is to choose a goal and, and to take the steps towards the goal and to put in hard work and to work. You know, we hear that all the time like, you got to work hard. And I was taught that growing up and I witnessed that with my parents as well. Um, and so of course that was how I adapted, um, to it. And I see so many other women going through this as well and experiencing this block. I'll just take you through a couple of other ones that I see as well. And then I'll, I'll explain, you know, my system for my process for unpacking that and working through it. So some other ones that I see, well, I mean, definitely just what I was saying before in terms of it means some sort of sacrifice. So if you're listening, it's like, what does, what do you think is the negative outcome of receiving more money? Like if you were to receive that monthly income goal that you're working towards or whatever it might be, what are you afraid might happen on the other side of that? I ask this question all the time to the women in my courses and things like that. And there's always different things coming through, but a lot of the time it is, you know, have to work harder, sacrifice time with family, my health might suffer. Um, I won't feel as free because I'm going to be like, just change to the computer. I mean, you can see why we're resisting receiving, right? Like if that is the outcome that we think we're going to get, yeah. <laughs> it's like, here's this beautiful money, but it comes with a negative outcome. And that's what we think. So another one that is really common that I personally had to do a lot of work with was receiving more money and thinking that that means you will change in a negative way. So thinking that if you become wealthy, you're also then going to become greedy or rude or arrogant or ego-based or whatever it might be. Because the way that society portrays wealthy people most of the time and most of our conditioning is that wealthy people are greedy, that wealthy people well, that money is evil, right? So we connect all these, um, these words and these emotions and qualities to it. That was something that I would have to work through a lot like years ago because I, I had all these judgments around wealthy people as well. You know, I'd be like, oh, she's just wealthy because she married well into a wealthy family or they're wealthy and therefore they're going to be rude or whatever it might be. And so one of the best things you can do is to actually say like, how do I think about wealthy people? What do I view? How do I view wealthy people? And there's a lot of like gold that you can uncover in that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely this, these blocks of working harder sacrifice, um, that I'll change for the worse, that it's going to change me. And the thing with that as well on that changing, like money is just an amplifier and money just amplifies more of who you really are. And so as you start to unpack that block, if that's resonating with you, that money will change you, it's only going to amplify more of your good qualities. And so I always get my clients to like write down like their best qualities and what they're here to create and be and do and give back and to then empower them knowing that money is going to help them in that as an ally. So there are a few of the common ones I see. <laughs> and then in terms of like unpacking that, it's really, it's, it's a unique process for everyone, I believe, but there's definitely some key places to look at and start with. And it's absolutely saying, okay, what is this belief? What is this limiting belief that I'm holding? And then you want to dive into it. Where did I pick this up from? Where did I pick this up from as a young child? Because often 
most of our conditioning comes in ages one to seven Mm -hmm. and children are in a theta brain state. So we're like little sponges and I have a baby girl right now. So she's nine months. And so I see it in her, like, you know, kids just soak in the world around them, right? Because we are, we don't know how to think and do and what to do. So we're learning that as we go. And we learn that from our parents or our parental figures, could be grandparents. And it's so empowering when you start to bring awareness firstly to these limiting beliefs. That's really step one is the awareness. And then number two, say, where did it come from? And if you can start to identify those key money teachers in your life. So these are likely mom, dad, grandparent, um, a friend, whoever it might've been, who was in your life when you were a young kid, ask yourself, like, what did they teach me about money? What were their behaviors around money? What were the words that they expressed around money? What did I witness in my household around money? What did I hear around money? What were the common things, right? And you just start to write it out and write it out because in that there is so much that will come through and it can actually be quite confronting the first time you do this. I remember the first time journaling on this and I wrote like 30 pages in my journal. Wow. Um, yeah, it was just this outpouring of like, what were my experiences with money? What were my money memories? What did I, what do I remember? And from that space, then you can start to say, okay, if this is not my truth, if I'm deciding to choose a different truth, what would I then choose instead? And this is where you can work with money affirmations, money mantras, new mindsets, new beliefs. Before we start to integrate that in, we want to start to release the old belief. And so I love all different tools. There's, I love EFT tapping. I don't know if you use that, Deandra. I actually just did a recording earlier today um, with someone where she walks me through tapping. So I I don't use it currently, but I like want to start incorporating it because we walk through like an actual tapping session and I was like oh yeah. I like this <laughs> yeah yeah it's so funny when you first do it you're like I look a bit silly but it's so powerful tapping is one of my favorite tools mm-hmm. and the reason is it it resets your central nervous system so if you're coming from a space of fear scarcity around uh, like unworthiness around money you're holding that in your body somewhere the tapping actually resets that it calms down the nervous system when we're in a calm receptive state we're in a receiving state um and it's really great for reprogramming your mindset as well so tapping i also teach my clients hypnosis uh, meditations and activations and things like that journaling and then another really powerful tool is forgiveness and not just self-forgiveness on yourself because often we harbor this guilt or shame that we've taken on this belief even though it's not our truth, but forgiving others and forgiving others as well. It's not about condoning their actions. If you were taught something negative or you experienced trauma, it's not about condoning that. It's about taking back your power from them. It's about recalling your power from them. And that's really, really magical in the manifestation process. There are a few of the like healing tools that I recommend. And then it's about anchoring in this new belief or this new mantra or affirmation the way that I teach it is to do that consistently throughout the day I call it your money queen moments and it's about choosing little pockets of the day where you can start to remember to choose that new belief so it might be first thing in the morning as your alarm goes off that's your cue to affirm your new money belief or as you're making your morning coffee that's another cue to affirm your new money belief or as you're having a shower or whatever it might be. So you just start to kind of pocket it throughout the day. The key thing is really to start to feel and tap into the energy of abundance because abundance is not just about money. It's a a holistic energy and it flows into all areas of our life. So bringing bringing it back into gratitude 
gratitude for the abundance that you do have in areas outside of money. And that starts to shift your frequency and your overall identity with money. And there's a lot more I could dive into, but I want to keep it simple so people have some starting steps. But yeah, I think it's really powerful when we talk about these money blocks and abundance blocks that they can shift very quickly and that you have the power to do that. And you can always choose the energy of abundance. It's something that we get to choose from within. I love that. And I love these steps that you've outlined. I think, like you said, these are great places for someone to start, especially if they're sort of getting into this initial work of money mindset and even understanding that like money mindset is a thing, right? And the way that you think about money has a lot of things you can attract in your life. But kind of going back to one of the points you made about sort of this belief and figuring out where this belief came from, because it may have been, you know, a parent, um, whoever your caregiver was growing up may have helped to set certain beliefs around money for you. But for people who are finding that they're struggling right now during the pandemic, right? How Mm. do they really move past this fear of not having enough, especially during this time when people are like losing their jobs, losing their housing, losing money left and right. Um, is it something where, you know, we're still taking those same steps of like looking at where the belief came from and trying to, um, trying to, you know, kind of like ask ourselves questions to get deeper on this and then anchoring in that new belief, or is there a different way that we need to look at the situation when it comes to the pandemic as it's related to abundance and money? I think those steps always are powerful no matter where you're at in your life and no matter what you're going through. So absolutely working with that and working with that self-healing and knowing that you can self-heal is such a powerful tool, right? Knowing that you have that ability to heal, to release, to change your conditioning. I think with the pandemic, the biggest thing that comes through when I think about this is to deeply trust and know that you are safe and supported like trust, trust, trust. And I know that that sounds so cliche and sounds easy when we can be really in it. But when I was completely broke as well and like bank account zero and had no money coming in, I didn't even know where it was going to come from. That was all I had to fall back on was trust and acknowledging that abundance is something from within. It's an energy that we choose from within. And so through that, one of the most powerful things you can do is you can start to look for abundance in your life outside of money. And I said that just before, but this is so powerful in during the pandemic. Okay. If the physical money isn't there, where else do I feel abundant? Where else do I feel grateful and thankful for abundance? Because abundance is like your best friend coming over to have a cup of tea. Abundance is your intuition coming through and getting amazing ideas. Abundance is nature and the ocean and the forest. It's your child laughing. It's your partner that you love. It's your parent. It's so many different things, right? And so for us, using that energy right now, if you're feeling in scarcity or fear with money and shifting that into a positive frequency through tapping into abundance and tuning into abundance outside of money, because abundance is holistic. So if you're pouring abundance energy and frequency into one area of your life, it's going to rise the water in all areas of your life, right? It's going to flow into money as well because it all works together as one vibration. It's definitely about that practice. And I think another powerful thing as well is using any of that worry or fear right now and channeling it into creativity, because I feel that creativity and creating and generating your unique gifts and giving back and helping someone else when you are maybe struggling yourself, that's really powerful. It's again, building that trust. And it's again, 
it's it's about giving knowing that you're always receiving back giving and feeling supported receiving back because so often what can happen is when we're like in a space of fear and scarcity we then hold everything in right and we are like like tightly gripping onto everything and you know I don't want to do that I don't want to do that because I don't have enough right now but what can you give to free that energy that freeing kind of flowing energy is really powerful for abundance and manifestation. So yeah, I think to recap that it's like building trust every single day through your self care as well. And like having time with yourself to look after you and turning the, your focus into gratitude for the abundance that you have outside of money. Like where else are you abundant in your life? Spending time in nature is really powerful for that. And number three, like turning that fear or scarcity emotion into some sort of way that you can give and contribute to others. Mm-hmm. I especially love number three um, with the channeling that that energy into creativity. I think we've seen so much of that, right, during this time with people where yeah. it's sort of like, you know, going on the, the specific example of some people who have lost their job where, you know, it is scary to lose a source of income, especially if it's the main source of income, especially if you yeah. are the breadwinner of the family. And mm. we've people sort of channel that worry into you know what I have a skill I have something that I've always wanted to create and this I'm now given the abundance of time right I'm given the time to turn this thing into a possible new way to bring in money and of course like you said you know there is that huge factor of trust there because at the end of the day it's it is scary like there's so much happening yeah you know, and we don't know a lot of what is going to be happening. And this year is very like all over the place, but Mm. that trust is so, so important during times like these when it does feel very uncertain or even more uncertain than usual. Cause you know, a lot of things are uncertain. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Diving into a little bit more about kind of um, money, of course. Actually, everything we've been talking about is all around (laughs) in this episode. But what are some myths that surround this idea of manifesting money that you've heard? And we like debunk some of these myths for people that are listening and tell us why it's important to kind of know the truth about whatever, you know, these myths are and what the truth is. Yeah, absolutely. I love doing this. (laughs) I love this type of conversation it's so it's so fascinating to just again bring it back to that awareness of like what what have we been taught and is that really true or is that just something that most people adopt as a truth when it's not I think like well I wrote down a few just before we hopped on that were coming through but I'm sure more will come through as I talk (laughs) the first one I was thinking I, I definitely you definitely hear this all the time is like in terms of law of attraction and manifestation so much of what we've been taught is to just think and feel positively. And I mentioned this before, but actually working with the emotions that come through in your shadow. So whether it's working with unworthiness, working with frustration, like I experienced when I went in my rock bottom and I decided I was done with being there. I think those emotions are very valid. And I think that in terms of manifesting money or manifesting anything, it's not just about thinking positively. It's also about looking at where you feel unsettled, where you feel disconnected, where you're feeling frustration or scarcity and going in there, right? And looking at it and doing the work to heal because without that, you're just continuing to move forward and you're just going to keep hitting these barriers, right? And not understanding why you're not receiving. So I think it's really important that we understand that it's valid to experience those other emotions too and that it's okay. 
And it's part of that process. And I think as well, like in the law of attraction, one of the other money myths that we get told is to just think positive only, like I said, but with that, it's not just about thinking, like focusing on your vision and, and choosing abundant thoughts. It is also about the law of action, the law of vibration. Yes, definitely start there, but then understand that the law of action and the law of vibration is so important with that comes taking inspired action, actually really trusting where am I guided to show up? If I were already receiving what I desire, if the money were already here, because energetically it is, right? And that's my belief that energetically what we desire is already available and we're just waiting for the physical manifestation. So if it were already done, what action would I be taking? Like who would I choose to be? And then how would I choose to honor my vibration? How do I turn the dial up on my frequency? How do I feel at a high frequency? Starting to ask yourself these questions because then you start to change your identity. And that's where things really start to shift in your life when you change your identity. But yeah, I think those two myths are, you know, that you've got to feel positive all the time and think positive all the time. It's it's kind of like bypassing all the other stuff that's important, right? <laughs> so we want to go into the shadow and you want to be able to feel all the spectrum of emotions because in that you can heal and release and then rise up to receive. Another thing as well that I was thinking about was this myth that you have to act as if you are um, already receiving at the vision that you desire or receiving the money that you desire. So it's just that term specifically that over many years I have come to realize is not necessarily true because it's not, to me, it's not acting when the version of you who has the money you desire is available. And it's my belief that all versions of us exist or past versions or future versions. Instead of acting, it's about being, it's about showing up as that version of you because they already exist and borrowing their energy, borrowing their beliefs, borrowing their frequency, their actions, and starting to embody that version of you. Instead of acting, you just say, I, this is who I now am. And that's been a big part in my journey in creating like quantum leaps forward has been deciding this is who I now am. This is my new identity. This is how I show up. And I think it's really powerful when we start to change the languaging that we're using. I think that was all that was coming through, but I'm sure there's going to be more that as we keep talking. Um, But yeah, I, you know, it's, there's so many things, particularly around, here's another thing that comes through. There's a certain amount of money generated from the banks. We get, we get paid from our boss or we get paid from a client. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest shifts that I made was understanding that the universe is actually my bank account and money flows through people flows through banks they're just the channel for money to flow they're not the source of money and so when we talk about money manifestation instead of thinking that it's limited that it's coming from someone or something shifting back seeing the bigger picture remembering that money is an energy it's a neutral unlimited energy it's a universal energy with that we get to understand and be grateful that people can be the the gateway or the portal for it to flow, but it's, they're not the source. And so you can affirm the universe is my bank account or yeah, like my subconscious mind and my high self is my bank account, whatever feels good. And just that shift is so powerful. I love that shift. I think, especially the fact that you kind of go back to like the universe is my bank account, right? Because with that, like you said, you're not limiting yourself to, oh, like 
if you're looking at, you know, either your boss, your work, your clients as where your source of money is, it's almost kind of like, you're like, okay, well, they can only give me X amount. And so you start to really limit yourself in terms of how much you can receive. But when you realize that there's so many other ways that money can flow in, you're really opening yourself up to money flowing in, in so many other ways that you don't, you can't really see right now, but that are available to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's such a positive, it's it's such a powerful shift because a lot of what society teaches us about money is just not true. So I think the best thing you can do is just to question it and continue to say like, is that, does that feel true to me on a soul level? Maybe on a human level, but on a soul level, does that feel true? And what what feels like my real truth instead? Yes, literally that. Just question everything <laughs> that you've been taught, especially um, not to sound like, like uh, not what, what is it, like, like a conspiracy theorist, but like question everything you've been taught in school, I would say. Yeah, my yeah, exactly. Um, but for, for you, can you tell us about any of the self-care practices or habits that you incorporate into your day-to-day life that sort of have helped you create this abundant life? Yeah, definitely. So, so for me, like to take it back a step, like when I was really struggling with money, I had no sort of rituals or I wasn't working on my mindset. I wasn't working on my self empowerment, um, my energy, my frequency at all. And that's a big part of it too. And so as I started to reclaim my power of my life and start to create abundance consciously, I built in certain practices into my day. So my self-care for me is definitely my morning practices. And that looks like journaling. I love to write. So I'll state everything as if it's done because it is energetically done. That's where I write like anything around my vision, my desires, my beliefs, anything that I'm choosing and deciding to call in. So that's really big, a big practice for me. Then I usually do some sort of visualization or meditation, typically only a few minutes because I've got a baby girl now. So <laughs> time is a bit more limited as a mom. But I'll sometimes just put on my favorite song and just close my eyes and visualize what I'm stepping into, whether it's my business, attracting clients in, uh, what I'm creating, giving back, dream house I want to create, whatever it might be. And then in terms of like throughout the day, I love to just have little pockets of abundance. So I love to be intentional and slow down the pace in my day because I have a lot on my plate. I love to just bring it back and come back into a state of like peace and calmness because when we are in that state of just feeling grounded and safe and peace and calm, that is magic for manifestation. Like it's, it's magic for attracting anything in because we, we you know, need to feel how we desire to feel once we receive and it's about feeling it into the now. So for me, that might be like going for a walk outside my bubba. Um, taking her down to the park or it might be sitting on the balcony and having lunch in the sun, phone away. I always put the phone away. <laughs> um, you know, it could be anything, just like even having the afternoon off to just like do whatever I feel inspired to do. And I, I, re- I really am a big believer in like trusting that I will always have time and space for everything to get done. And the, the most important thing is looking after my energy and my frequency. And then in terms of like the evening, I usually listen to hypnosis or something before bed or as I'm in bed falling asleep. I also love the Calm app. I don't know if you've used the Calm app, but it's really powerful meditation. Yeah. Awesome. That one in um, Headspace. You can find so many great apps and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think like my my self-care is, it's important to me because I always tell my clients, like you are your number one priority. You are your number one strategy for success, for everything that you desire. It starts with you. And so I live by that rule because I know that when I am feeling abundant, when I am feeling 
complete, when I feel safe, when I feel at peace, then that is the energy I'm giving out to the world too. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of just other little abundance rituals and practices, I, I'm always looking and banking, um, blessing my bank account. That's something I do every day. I've been doing that for many years and it's just one minute a day and I open my bank account and I just send it positive energy and I send blessings and gratitude to all the people that have been a channel for money to flow to me. And I send blessings and abundance to them and just have like a fun light approach to money. That's really been a big shift for me, just like allowing it to feel joyful. And I know that that can feel far off if you're somewhere in a space of scarcity, but you will get there. That is so possible. And yeah. And over time I've just developed these different little money practices that feel fun. You know, I never used to want to track my money or look at my money, but that's another self-care practice and ritual that I use with money as well, tracking it and, and being intimate with my money as I call it. <laughs> I love that. And I think that's such a change that happens again, when you start to get really open and comfortable with that idea of like money just flows in, right. In the same way that it can flow out through your spending and through you wanting to exchange money for a service or for a good or for anything you want to enjoy in life, it can also easily flow. in. I think once you start to really like believe that at the core, it becomes fun to mm-hmm. do things like budget or track or, you know, open your bank account and look at it and not be afraid. Because I remember I used to be like, yes, to open my bank account app because I'm like, Oh my God, am I going to, you know, have another overdraft? And now that's, that's not the case. Yeah. It does happen with that shift over time. Like you said, that, that shift of your mindset and how you look at the flow of money. Yeah, absolutely. Cause what we focus on expands as well. So if you're pouring energy into that space and, and nourishing it, even if you're at a space where there isn't much money in your bank account, but you're still nourishing it and doing the practice of it and committing to it, then everything will shift from there. So it's really powerful. Yeah. So I would love to round off this conversation um, with one more tip, right? So for anyone looking to call in abundance, they have listened to this entire episode. They're loving it. They're living for it, but they're kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, where, where do I start? I heard so many things. What is the number one tip, the number one place they should start? And I know we mentioned beliefs, but you know, would that be journaling? Would that be um, just, I don't know, give us like a tip for where they should start. Like, X marks the spot type of thing. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really believe that it all comes back to how you feel in the present now, because being in your now energy is you're not future casting. You're not living in the past. You're just currently in the present. Um, Eckhart Tolle's the power of now, right? So with that, it's about like closing down your eyes every morning. Yeah. Amazing. Closing down your eyes, putting your hand and feeling into gratitude in the now. And like I said previously, if you are struggling with money, where else are you grateful for abundance, the energy of abundance, feeling it into the now, like the word now, so powerful. And you can just place your hands on your heart, close your eyes and just say, I'm grateful now for the abundance around me, for the abundance that is flowing to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And just like feel it. And in that you're stopping, right? You're stopping. You're not worrying about the future. You're not worrying about your to-do list. You're not thinking about what happened yesterday. You're just present. And with that, it comes this energy of peace. Then you can come back into your power from that space. So I love doing this gratitude practice. Do it throughout the day. Do it whenever you have a moment to just stop, close your eyes and pause because how often we're just rushing around, right? And in that space, you're going to be signaling to the universe and to money, like I'm here, I'm available, I'm ready. 
am open to receiving. And I think that that can be such a game changer. So it's definitely gratitude. I know we throw that word around a lot, but that's because it's powerful, (laughs) but it's gratitude in the now and feeling it, feeling everything around you, supporting you. Yeah. And I think one of the most powerful things about gratitude is that when you take that moment to be truly grateful for, you know, whatever you have in this moment, you start to realize how much you truly do have. I think, again, going back to your point of like, yeah always rushing around so much and I think for a lot of people like just even sitting with it and being like what are what are three things or even five things I'm grateful for right now and you start to realize like there's so much in your life and and that's when you do recognize you are very abundant now of course you're calling in more but even in this very moment there's so much in your life that you can say I have and I I'm very grateful and thankful for and I'm calling in even more yeah right like when we feel wealthy inside and wealth yeah. Um, feeling wealthy inside and then money flows externally, but rather than looking outside or the answer, it's wealthy. I'm well to who I am. And from that space, then externally desires start to manifest. Exactly. It starts with the inside. <laughs> so Jenna, thank you so much for this amazing conversation. It has been wonderful, super, super expansive for me. Um, and I know for all of the people tuning in and listening to this episode, for anyone wanting to either work with you, contact you, learn a little bit more about you, where should they find you? What are some of the things that you offer? Of course, I will leave all the links in the show notes, but if you could give us a little um, audio spiel, I would love that to round out this episode. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for having me on. Um, So they can come and visit me at my website, jennablack.co or hang out with me on Instagram at jennablack.official. Come and say hi. And I have a bunch of different ways to work with me, but through a money mindset and wealth manifestation program is called Money Queen. And that's available at jennablack.co slash money queen. And I got i just launched a free three-day video to beta abundance and change your money mindset so that's at my website as well and i'll send you the links for that so you can add them to the show notes but um yeah that's a really great free course that you can get started with oh that sounds awesome and super juicy um i will definitely add all of those links to show notes again mm-hmm. for joining us for this amazing episode and everyone make sure you go check out jenna on her website and on instagram give her a follow if you don't already And again, like I said, I want to just thank you again for coming on and joining me for this amazing chat. Thanks so much, Deandra. It's been amazing. Okay, so I know today's episode was juicy. If you liked today's episode, make sure to leave a review on iTunes, subscribe to the show, or share Manifest Daily with a friend or on social media. If you do share on social media, don't forget to tag me at the Manifest Daily. And if you want even more of the Manifest Daily spiritual and wellness tea, head over to www.themanifestdaily.com. It's also linked in the show notes where you can learn all about our new membership, take a free tour, or enroll in an annual or month-to-month subscription today. Thank you again for being here. I appreciate you and I will chat with you guys in the very next episode. Bye. Hi, my love.
I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. 